Hi, I'm Trinity Wheeler. And I'm Alan Shaw. And this is Rhapsody Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Ho, ho, ho. Hello. Merry Christmas. It's yeah. been a few weeks. This is probably my favorite episode so far. It's the holiday special. Yeah. Are you in the spirit? I am in the spirit. You know, being a New Yorker, Christmas in New York City is a big, big thing. It's and one of my favorite. It is. It's incredible. And it's amazing here. There's so much going on in Charleston. The city's all dececorated. It lights up at nighttime. It's perfect. And we had our yeah. holiday celebration yesterday. We and did. that was amazing. We oh. did at the gym. All the wassailing. It was. <laughs> all the wassailing. Everybody, I was blown it, away. I was blown away. Oh, thank it, you. I really was. Yeah, it was great. We had it at the gym. All the members were there. Um, Rodney Scott was there. He did a whole hog outside last it's night. so cool. It was so good. Tons of food. Tons of wine from Graft Wine Shop. Yeah. It was, tons of wine. Yeah, beer from Frothy Beard. I thought you were joking beard. about a sit-down dinner. No, I was like... No. I know and people it, walked in and people were like, oh, this oh, is... Like oh, legit. No, I was I like, know. What do you mean? I had no idea. Don't you know Trinity and me? I was I like, know, okay. I know. No, it, it was it was lovely. And you know, people had a few drinks and and you know, Steve, who um <laughs> is uh <laughs> We love Steve, you very much, Steve. Steve, who is uh, is uh, Mary Best's boyfriend, um, he owns. Uh, he's one of the beer makers at a uh, Frothy Beard Brewing. One of the co-owners. One of the co-owners of Frothy Beard. Yep. And uh, so everyone ended up next door last night at Graft Wine Shop, and we were cleaning up. And Steve hung behind, and he was like, "I used to do backflips." <laughs> I, I was like, like "Really?" Oh, okay. and, uh, and we kept saying, "No, Steve, no, we're cleaning up, cleaning up." And he's like in boots and the whole thing, and and like jeans, like tight and jeans. jeans. Tight All I saw was him loosening his tie a little bit, and all of a sudden he was flipping backwards in the air. And how many glasses of wine that he had at that point? The the best. Uh, I think he stuck to beer. He was he was on beer uh, last night. Well, you never know. People can change. I don't know. The the best part of it is after he finished, I think his third backflip, he was like, "Oh, he did multiple ones, multiple Mm backflips." So he got to the end and he was like, "Um, hey guys." Can we not tell Mary Beth about this? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you want to know how long that lasted? Yeah. Uh, so we're on the the car ride home, and I go to put my hand on his knee. Oh, uh, and it's it's like a grapefruit, mm-hmm. and I'm like, what <laughs> happened to you? <laughs> there was a ten minute segment. That's all it took. That's all it took. <laughs> That's all it took. Where I left you at Rhapsody and went next door mm-hmm. to Graft, and you were right behind me. What happened between you know? I- and and then he's he's quiet for a minute. Uh-huh. So why? Uh, I might have tried a backflip. <laughs> <laughs> and I start to go into you know because I'm thinking that yeah. how how much that must have stressed the two of you out mm-hmm. to witness this. And there's a longer pause, and he says. I think Trinity filmed it. Yes, <laughs> yes he did. I did. Yeah. Look for that on social. Oh, yeah. Hey, you know, at the end of the day, he signed the waiver, so he's I mean, good yeah, to that, go. That's, that's right. Yeah, that's it. Back off, ladies. He's all mine. <laughs> no, can we also talk about the trip that we just took as yeah, well? Yeah, we are, we are just back. We are tanned. Yeah. We are back from Argentina. Argentina. We were in Buenos Aires yeah. for the Southfit CrossFit Challenge. It was pretty um, awesome. Coach Owen Bernstein was down there representing the gym. It was a weekend adventure. It, one it, to remember. Uh, yeah. One to remember. of the year. Do tell us what happened. Well, you know, day one competition kicks off. Everything's fine. It's outdoors. Yep. There's um, a, a workout that's three rounds of a 1,500-meter run and 40 pull-ups, three rounds. Fine. We get through that. Then five-minute rest into a 600-meter swim. 
That's and if many people don't know, five minutes is not very much time between those two events to recover uh, to recover for a six hundred meter swim. I yeah. wouldn't do it. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I even want to look at it. You know, so <laughs> it, it, it was a tough event. Owen got through it. We finished that day. Day two on the way to the venue, um, we're in an Uber. I'm in the front seat. Owen's directly behind me, and, and Alan's j- in- just so everyone's aware, we are in Argentina. Not very many people speak English. No, there's in like, Argentina. You know, I mean, it, it's yeah, and, and we, we our our Spanish got much better throughout the sure. week. I'm Crash basically, I'm basically uh, fluent right now. See, senor. So we're on the way to the venue the second day, and Owen fell asleep in the back seat. About halfway to the venue, it takes about an hour to get to the venue. Owen's like, "Tell him to pull over," and I was like. I just started trying to speak my broken Spanish. I was like hitting we were the like window. in the Uber, and he was like, "What?" We're what? in the middle of the interstate, yeah. Oh and then God. all of a sudden, all happened was literal from the back seat. Cheerios flew by the right side of my face. No, it, w- it was like it was like somebody put a hose down his uh, throat, and it was just coming it was out, projected just oh. like for like three or four oh. times. It was, That's and aggressive. all I could do was sitting next to him, just be like. Everything's okay. Everything's okay. And I was just like basically rubbing his back the entire and yeah, it was it was it, oh it, it was a tough day. Ended up on the side of the interstate. We ended up having to get back in the car and ride to the rest of the venue that way. <laughs> Got to the venue. He he was just very ill. And we yeah. think, you know, potentially the lake water the day before. Yeah. Um, something something happened. Some, something happened. A smoothie exactly video happened but, potentially. Yeah. But look. I will. T- he had to withdraw, but yeah. we're going to be back. We're we're headed to Wadapalooza next, um, down in Miami. Yeah. So he'll be back, healthy, ready to roll. It's going to be great. But I will say, what an amazing country, an amazing city. Yeah, we are definitely going back. I mean, you know, it was uh, it was unfortunate that Owen got sick. Um, and that he was recovering there. Um, but while he was in bed, we were, we were, and I were living our best lives. <laughs> 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 I was like, I'm going to go get on my scooter. And we like we, scooted we, we around the scooters <laughs> for the day <laughs> and nice. just like went out and enjoyed the city. Like, I'm, I'm a big, you know, a fan of the musical Evita. So Ava Perone and, and yes. all of that. Nice. So we got to see the Castle Rosara and we went so to her cool. grave and everything. It was really, really special. And awesome. the beef there is off the charts. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Off the charts. It, it's really, really incredible. And the exchange rate's amazing. Yeah. Um, it's always a plus. It's yeah. always a plus. Yeah. And so um, how, highly recommended. I was going to ask you, how was the Argentina wine? Argent- I, oh. I brought back so much wine. So much wine. Oh, good. We're it, good. It, it's Excellent. great. Yeah. <laughs> I learned, you know, I mean, I, 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 I love South American wine and it was fantastic. So yeah. highly recommended for your trip. It's an easy flight from Atlanta. Yeah. Um, or, a cool I'm, 10 hours, right? A cool, a cool 10 hours. Mm, perfect. Yeah. Um, but it's lovely. Yeah. Hey, we are so excited to about have Emily. Episode. Yeah, Emily Super Kerr. Super exci- excited. Emily Kerr, yeah. who is the founder and executive director for Charleston Hope. It's a great nonprofit organization here in Charleston. And we'll be back with Emily right after this. Uh, welcome, Emily. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm so good. good. Thanks it's, for having me. Absolutely. Excited. I am uh, I'm super pumped because uh, ever since we moved down to Charleston, we've heard about Charleston Hope. Um, and actually, last year, we Trinity were- and Stan went to the gift wrapping. Oh, cool. At- yeah, we worked with Lululemon last year. Yeah. yeah. And okay. we came for the gift wrapping, and it really liked... It, to us, it set the whole holiday season yeah, off in absolutely. the right way. It really felt like you know you were giving back and doing something really special. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so you're from Charleston? I am. I grew up in Goose Creek. Goose oh, Creek, wow. the good old creek. And you, 
So tell us a little bit about Charleston Hope. We have on the, the podcast last season a lot of entrepreneurs. We have not had a nonprofit I know. Oh, on, I feel on the show before. So it's you're the absolute first nonprofit. So tell us a bit about Charleston Hope and how it came to fruition. Yeah, so... It all started back when I was a senior in high school in 2011, and my sister taught in a Title I school, which Title I school is 60% or more of students are living at or below the federal poverty line. She taught at a school where 98 to 100% were living wow. in poverty. Wow. Yeah. So she- This was it, in downtown Charleston, correct? Yeah, downtown. Yeah. And it was her first year teaching, and I had grown up always wanting to be a teacher, like loved watching my sister go through college at the College of Charleston. That's where I wanted to go to study education, wanted to be just like her. And her first year teaching, she was living at home at the time, trying to save money before she got married. And I remember just watching her love for teaching over the span of really the first six months. She just was coming home in tears, crying. Mm. She loved the kids so much, but there just was so much hardship that she wasn't expecting mm -hmm. when she started teaching, especially in a extremely high poverty school. Right. And it was Thanksgiving that year, and I was a senior in high school, and we had already had our tree up, some presents under the tree, and she just sat at the table and just was crying and was like, you know, a lot of my kids don't even know what Christmas morning is like, the yeah. way that we experience it. Or even what what struck me more is she said a lot of my kids don't have anything to call their own. Um, it's whether if it's toys or anything, it, it's shared or it's used. Um, it's kind of like a, you know... A, a giveaway where gently used items and things like that. Right. So nothing really brand new. And that just like hit a, hit a string in my heart. And I just said, well, let's, let's just do something about it. Um, so I, I went to my school administration and what's funny is they actually told me I wasn't allowed to do it. They told me that we ask too much during the holidays for our families and our students to give. And myself, I was like, well, I'm going to do it anyways. Like, <laughs> I'm going to do it anyways. That's right. Like, so I just got a sheet of paper and had all of the kids in my high school sign up on my back or on lockers to bring in a $15 to $20 toy. And I went home and wrapped those all by myself. And we went and had what we call now a delivery day mm -hmm. and had a local restaurant bring food. And we just spent time with them. And I very quickly realized that day, the gift is just a tool to be able to build a relationship, which is really what the need is. It's, wow. um, they were wanting to sit and play with my hair and get to know all about me. Like the toy, mm -hmm. it was so exciting and they loved it, but like that got put to the side and they wanted to get to know us and, and my friends. And, and so I went to the college the next year and wanted to do it again. And so just kind of typed up on a word document and sent it out. And we ended up expanding that year and, we say adopting, um, which is just a gift for every child, two mm -hmm. whole schools, over 900 students. Wow. And that that was the year that it was like, well, I want to do more. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do just one time a year. And so we founded Charleston Hope, and the rest has been history. Because you, you have three programs, correct, in Charleston Hope. Can you talk about the other two as yes. well? Yes. Yeah, yeah, we have a year-round classroom mentor program, which mm -hmm. is to help kids get on grade level in math. Probably close to 80% of our students by the time they get to third grade are two to three grade levels behind in math, which mm -hmm. just doesn't set them up for success. Um, and it leads mm -hmm. to higher dropout rates and, and things like that. And so we try to catch them early. And so we bring in community members. They just come one hour a week to build relationship with students. That's what Charleston Hope is centered on, mm -hmm. building relationships and then working with kids in math. 
And then probably my favorite program is our after-school girls empowerment program. Yes. Yes. So good. (laughs) (laughs) This is our third year, and each year we started with just third grade, and this year we're at third, fourth, and fifth. So our third graders have grown with us um, the last three years. And this year we've expanded the program to have two tracks. One is a mental health identity track to really help them step into whoever they want to be, to let them use their gifts, their talents, their visions, their dreams to help craft that while providing um, just mental health support because a lot of our kids go through really traumatic situations and they Mm -hmm. don't have the resources to go to therapy or to speak to a counselor. So we talk about that. And then our other track is just kind of, I like to say the party track. They, uh, they, it's our empowerment track and we get to take them on field trips. We get to bring in guest speakers uh, that are culturally relevant. They are, Mm -hmm. um, they have cultural representation, so they look like them. They right. get to share how they've grown out of poverty, and now they're doctors or they're entrepreneurs or they're working in the hospital, or they might even just be working at a restaurant, just showing that they are making a way um, for whatever that looks like for their family. And so that's my that's my heartbeat, my my girls. I love them so much. That's, so, in, that's incredible. One thing that we talk a lot about on the show and what we have found a commonality between whether it be for-profit business owners and now obviously a non-profit are the importance of core values mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. establishing those early on so you have that guiding light uh, for your business or organization. And I love on your website, you really lay out your core values and that's sort of like the first thing that you see on your site and it's about intentionality, relationships, and empowerment. Yeah. Can you tell us how you arrived at those specific values? Yeah. I mean, that was yeah. a... That was a that was the one word intentionality that mm-hmm. really popped out at me at the very beginning. I was like, man, I want to dive in deep with you yeah. on that because I think that's incredibly important. Yeah, absolutely. And a little backstory on that is where that really came from is I was dating a guy in college that was uh, a really big supporter of Charleston Hope as I was founding it and thought we were going to get married, get engaged. And he played basketball at the college and he died suddenly at the age of 20 um, on December 23rd. And so that intentionality piece was a word that he loved and Mm. that he had taught me so much about of. And one of the very simple ways is that he always did. And what we try to teach our students is like, if I'm talking to you on the street, I'm going to remember what you said. I'm going to intentionally listen so that the next time I see you, I can bring up that conversation to Mm. show you that I cared and that, that you matter. And so that's just a piece of Charleston Hope really with intentionality is that we don't just give to give, but Mm -hmm. we give because we know the needs and we give because we have relationships. Um, So everything we do is intentional down to even our step in girls program. They don't just come in and eat dinner. They come in and they have a seat at the table. They've got a name card Mm -hmm. with their name on it. So they know like, Hey, we've been waiting for you. We we're, we've been expecting you. We're ready to, to learn and grow with you or even our holiday initiative. It's very intentional in the way that, Um, you get your teacher's name of the class you're adopting. You get the number of girls and boys. So you're going out and you're buying very intentionally for those kids specifically. And, and so everything we do, we really try to keep that intentional mindset of, of we're doing this for a reason. We're doing this for a purpose. And that is just to build relationships, which is our other core value is, um, one of our sayings is we create with, not for. So we're creating with you. We're, we're doing life with you. We're not just doing it for you. So really want to, and then that leads into the empowerment piece of we're here to empower um, and to support your needs and your strengths and your growth, whether that's our students or our teachers or our families. Wow. Amazing. amazing. Yeah. yeah. 
Can we, and, and so when I was looking through and, and learning, learning more about your organization, I love the line of create with, not for. Mm -hmm. So I come from a background of teachers and educators. Mm -hmm. And so the idea that instead of just coming up with a concept and then, you know, coming in and, and laying it down and, and hoping that does the trick. Right. Tell me a little bit about that collaboration process with the teachers and how has that inspired some of the things that you choose to do as an organization? Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, all of our programs have been built from us sitting down with our administration, specifically at Mitchell. That's kind of our home base downtown of where we launch our programs and then we go to We're our... We're so close, right? Yes. It's literally yeah, I, two blocks from you guys. Yeah. I was like, that yeah. blew my mind. I was like, you, we're neighbors. <laughs> yes, That's we awesome. are neighbors. Um, and so we sit down with them and we just ask our our number one question is, what are your needs? So just that simple question of like, what are the needs here? And, you know, there are so many nonprofits and, and people that do amazing work and that we have probably like 20 to 30 different community partners in just Mitchell alone, but there are still gaps. And, you know, some of our nonprofits are doing the same things. And not that that's a bad thing, but what I'm passionate about is going in and, and filling the gaps of, mm -hmm. okay, let's just not duplicate. Let's support what these nonprofits are already doing while meeting the needs that are still there. And so that's our create with not for. And what that looks like is, like I just said, we go into the administration, ask what the needs are. And then both of our programs, our classroom mentor program and step in have stemmed from we don't have, they cut, the district cut our budget. We don't have any math support specialists. Okay, let's go in and bring community members. They can give one hour a week, you know, and, mm -hmm. and that program is unique too because like you said, we don't create a curriculum. We believe the teacher knows exactly what this, their students need to know. They have the work and the curriculum that they need to practice and, and being a teacher at Mitchell, that was a frustration for me as my kids were getting pulled out and they were learning things that they had already learned but because they were following a curriculum with the nonprofit, they couldn't change it. And so it was, it just, it was not the best use of their time, my time or the nonprofit's time. Mm -hmm. And so that's just something that we're passionate about. So really empowering the teacher of, Hey, we're here to support you and the administration. But like, we believe that, you know, you're here as a teacher, you went yeah, to school here. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, you're here right. Every day. Exactly. Absolutely. We're not going to come in and say, Hey, we know what you need. One, we're not in the same demographic. We haven't lived the same life. Like we have different life experiences and narratives and it would just not be appropriate for us to come in and say, hey, this is what you need to succeed right. when we don't know that. Yeah. I just love that idea of collaboration, mm -hmm. you know, versus just saying this is how something needs to be done. It's just that idea of community coming together and yeah. working well, also, on something. It's really cool to see like you're taking action, mm -hmm. right? Seeing, seeing something that needs to be either fixed or changed and being yeah. like, well, let's take action in order to try to find a solution to this. Yeah. Versus just being like, well, you know, uh, complaining about it. I almost said the B word, but complaining right. about <laughs> it. Yeah. This is a holiday special, right. guys. Yeah. Um, uh, and actually making that like actionable, intentional steps. Yeah. In order to fix it. So 
talking about actionable steps people can take, tell me how someone out there that wants to do something special this holiday season, how can they get involved with Charleston Hope? Yeah. Our first is you can always donate. Um, Absolutely. We have a year-end giving campaign of trying to raise $30,000. I think we're around 26, 27,000. So Which we're not. Awesome. Yes. It's That's amazing. In a month, we've raised that. So in a month. In a month? Yes. In a month. Wow. Wow. Yeah. We, well, uh, let's get you over that line. Yeah, I know. Like, let's do on. it. Yeah, if everyone seriously. that listens donates ten dollars, yeah, five, you would, some, a dollar. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, no, you'd, have, you'd have a lot. A lot of money. <laughs> 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 the more money we get, the more like, ten dollars. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Of course, always donate, but. Um, I mean, even speaking outside of Charleston Hope is there are needs just all around. And so that's one thing that I'm also really passionate about is is to give where you are mm-hmm. and to, to love others where you are, to love your neighbors. And so one thing that we're passionate about at Charleston Hope is to just go and, like we just talked about, go in and ask asking what those needs are. And so one, there's people all around you that you can give back to this holiday season and just love on. And then specifically Charleston Hope, you know, you can always donate, help us reach that $30,000 goal. And then two, we are actually making a push. So it might not be for this holiday season, but you could take action this holiday season. And we are making a push to have 30 new one hour a week mentors start in January. We've got a huge, we've got 30 to 40 kids that need mentors. Um, so you could take action by just going online to the website and filling out the application to be a mentor. And then we'll get connected with you in January and you could just start one hour a week. Super simple. Wait, so do you have to be good at math in order to be a mentor? (laughs) 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 Because I am a really, I was like, I can get a calculator out. I was like, we can bring other skills to the table. I was like, I can teach them how to sing. No, no, no. Okay. So if you think about it, it's it's one, it's first and second grade math. And then the kids we work with are like one to two grade levels behind. So you're really doing kindergarten, first grade math, which is the okay. very simple addition, subtraction, shapes. Yeah. Colors. We can manage so that. We can, and yes, then, yeah. we can manage that. Yes. And then on top Perfect. of it, you're building that relationship, yes. which yes. is yeah. and so important. Yep. And not only school. with the students, but but with our teachers as well. So you get to work with multiple students in the class and then the teachers. And, and one short but really amazing story is one of our classroom mentors, they, um, met obviously with their teachers weekly and Mm -hmm. heard the need of kids not having a soccer team to play at in Charleston. Mm. They just didn't have one for really the kids in this demographic. And so her and her husband started a soccer team and now the soccer team is a travel soccer team year round. The kids are loving it and they've actually been able to take in and um, foster two of the kids that they mentored that needed it. So it's a really amazing opportunity to build relationships in so many different ways. I know, right? I know. (laughs) Come on. That's true. I mean, we have quite a band of misfits out of Rapsack. I know, I know. We I, know. Do. I feel like yeah. you're Something looking for 30 happen, people. Right? I'm like, well, I know like at least 175 of them. I know, come on. So, we'll take all of them. Yeah. So you, you've come so far with Charleston Hope, and it's really incredible, and I truly believe that the world needs a lot more people like yourself that, that really takes action. What's next? What's next for Charleston Hope, and what does the future look like? Um, <laughs> I would say one of my biggest dreams with Charleston Hope is there are several abandoned schools downtown, um, especially, you know, on the peninsula, really close to Sanders Clyde and Mitchell, which are 
two of Charleston's highest poverty, concentrated areas of poverty neighborhoods and then schools. And there are a couple abandoned schools. And so my dream is to get to buy one of those schools and have an after school leadership academy where it incorporates the arts, it incorporates leadership techniques and kind of expand, step in into girls and boys just to be able to, they can come after school, get to choose what they want to do, what they want to experience and learn about and they can just grow and step into whatever they feel like they are that's supposed incredible. to be and who they want to be. So that that's the big Well, I want to be a part dream. of that when that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so calling you up. Yeah, we have the arts part down. Yes, yeah. I know. That's yeah. sure I do. I'm, yes. saying, I'm like, arts? Yeah. Yes. Fitness? We can right make that happen. Yeah, we sure right. can. We've got you on the we female got you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 I was just sitting yeah. thinking that. We can yeah. totally do that. Start the school right here. Exactly. That's awesome. Where can people find Charleston Hope? Um, charlestonhope.com is mm-hmm. our website and then we're on Instagram and Facebook you can just type in Charleston Hope on both of those and and we'll pop up amazing yes this is the question that we ask everyone that's been on the podcast yes. and it's if they only knew what do you wish people knew about you I don't know if people would wish that they knew this about uh-huh. me but I'm gonna tell them okay. um, <laughs> I and this might be a little weird but I take a lot of baths Uh and so like if I, if, so we have to write grants and a lot of people, and we have received a lot of grants, probably over a hundred thousand in the last, you know, two or three years. And I'm, I'm the grant writer. And so everyone's like, oh my gosh, you must go to the library and do all this research. And just about every grant that I've written has been in the bathtub. That's, a, that's amazing. Yeah. That sounds good. That's do you have so, like a little shelf? That oh, you're like, I sure do. It's oh. got a cup holder. It's got like a little wine glass thing that you can slide. Amazing. I need got to get a book one of holder. <laughs> like, I got a whole setup. We have the opposite problem in my house because no one takes a bath in no, my house. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, they're the best. We forget. What do you mean? How do you because it's the long days. Yes. <laughs> That's when you need it the most. I know. And you guys are in the gym all the time. Yeah, we yeah. are. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it does not matter. Yeah. Emily, it is such a pleasure to have you on the show. True and honor. Thank you so much from, for what you do. And everyone out there, let's get involved. Let's be part of Charleston Hope and, and make yes. this holiday season very special for someone out there. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So season two of Rhapsody Radio is coming up January 20th. We'll be back for 10 new episodes. We can't wait for that. Um, To close this episode, we want to do something really special. Um, I'm just going to introduce it and kick it off and let it in like that. Here is Alan Shaw with Jamie Hawkins on the piano with Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Have yourself a merry little Christmas Let your heart be light From now on our troubles will be out of sight Have yourself a merry little Christmas Make the Yuletide gay From now on Our troubles will be miles away 
golden days of your faithful friends who are dear to us gather near to us once more through the years we all will be together if the fates allow hang a shining star upon the highest A merry little Christmas now. Faithful friends who are dear to us, Gather near to us once more. Through the years we all will be together if the fates allow. So hang a shining star upon the highest Christmas now